This is not going to be a pleasant experience. You are going to see and hear things that are not going to be very nice. Experts divide serial killing into two general types: organized and disorganized. An organized killer brings everything he needs to complete the murder. A disorganized killer improvises. Begin. Listener discretion is advised. It's 2014, and Damien Hurd seemingly has his whole life ahead of him. He's in his freshman year at Western State Colorado University, and he's just earned a spot on the varsity wrestling roster. It's March, and still bitterly cold in Gunnison, Colorado. There's a light frost on the way, and Damien, a Texas boy, pulls on a coat as he heads off to a party. Little does he know. It's the last weekend of his young life. And they'll tell you he's a fun-loving guy. The 20-year-old from Fort Worth, Texas, loves longboarding, playing video games, texting girls, and most of all, wrestling. The sport might not seem like a natural fit for Damien, who at 5 feet 7 inches tall weighs just 125 pounds, but the scrappy kid with a never-quit attitude trained hard with his dad. Gary, and fought his way to the top of the class. Damien won a state championship wrestling title in 2013, his senior year. He has a tattoo on his backside that says Fearless, along with a panther, the mascot at his alma mater, Fossil Ridge High School. Fearless was what Damien was known as. This is Damien's father, Gary Hurd. He never feared anything. He took anything on and uh, never backed down from anything. And how did he first get interested in wrestling? We were early fans of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, and from the time he was about three, he would sit and watch those fights with me. And we realized that the wrestlers always did the best. We went and signed him up when he was four, and he fell in love with it immediately, and the rest is history. Wow, signed him up when he was four. That's an early love for sure. Yep, he started early. This is Bryce Basinger, one of Damien's childhood friends and wrestling partners. Tell me how you met Damien. By first or second grade in the wrestling room in Hazel. I think he was wrestling 42 pounds at the time. 42 pounds, that's not much. No, not at all. <laughs> what was it like to wrestle against him? Really hard because he's faster than anybody and can get out of any situation. He was one of the better wrestlers that's ever came out of Texas, for dang sure. Damien's dad, Gary, was also his youth wrestling coach. How would you characterize his wrestling style? What kind of a wrestler was he? Very aggressive. 
He never would coast. He would always go after the win. He had one gear, and that was high gear, which is why he won as much as, as he won. He would overwhelm his opponents and just attack, attack, attack. Did he have like a signature move as a wrestler? His takedowns, the speed in which he would hit his takedowns. In wrestling, a takedown is scored when one person gains control over the other, bringing an opponent's knees, thighs, backside, or hands to the mat in a supporting position. According to statistics, the wrestler who executes the first takedown in a match will win 85 to 90% of the time. Damien did his best to take advantage of those odds. He would just set up the angles on the takedown. So I would say if, if he had a, a special move, it would definitely be the, his speed and his ability to be able to set someone up for a takedown and execute the takedown. Damien solidified his reputation for speed with a state record. He actually still holds the fastest 10 in the state of Texas at three seconds at the high school level. That's really cool. It's unbelievable that you could, from whistle to the match being over, three seconds exactly. Wow. That's all the time he needed. Against that guy it was. This is one of Damien's high school coaches, Chris Allen. Oh man, he was so quick. He was so quick and he was also really technical. I'd watch him just go and go and go, kind of like a little Energizer bunny. Coach Allen remembers Damien's competitive streak and his playful spirit. He would always seek out, you know, the toughest kids in the room. And if they didn't want to have anything to do with him, then he would he would start arguments or he'd try to make fun of them to get them to want to to get him to make him want to wrestle him, you know, because <laughs> he'd make him mad at him. He would find a way, you know, to just to go take these butt whippings because he knew that, you know, these were the toughest people in the room and and that that's what he wanted to be. You know, he always wanted to be better. One story in particular still stands out to Coach Allen. One time we had a team come through. They were there visiting for a tournament and I could just remember, you know, they had a kid that was older, you know, that was a state placer and all that. And I would watch Damien when we were doing round robin or doing groups, he would mess up the rotation on purpose just so that he got more time with that kid who was a state placer and older than him. Sounds like he had an incredible work ethic. He did. It was it was phenomenal. And I don't think I've ever had a kid that had that work ethic and then had that biggest smile on his face all the time while he was doing it. I mean, sometimes you get those kids that are, you know, serious and they have that drive and that work ethic, but, you know, they just kind of put their head down and go to work. Damien, he could do all that and he could just, he would enjoy it at the same time. I've never, I've never seen that before. That kid loved life. He loved wrestling. He loved everybody around him. He would give you the shirt off his back, you know, and you could be nobody. Damien's friend Bryce put it this way. It didn't matter who you were. If you were five years old or 80, he was probably going to talk to you if you walked by. Bryce remembers Damien causing some mischief at a summer wrestling camp when they were kids. Our parents arranged a special wrestling camp for really good kids and our partners, so we were not happy with having to do it over summer. And for the one time during the lunch practice, Damien had made a plan of how we were going to run away. And so when it was time to go back to practice, we all got in there 
and when it was time to break we all took off out the door and ran into the woods different directions so we didn't have to practice and the coaches drug us back one by one he was still making jokes trying to keep us going another one of damien's lifelong friends was destiny lahue she met damien in middle school everybody loved him he was definitely the class clown Damien and Destiny stayed close all through high school and kept in touch with text messages and letters after they graduated. Never a day did he seem upset or angry. He just floated on water and just seemed the happiest kid. Destiny said Damien had a heavy dose of self-confidence. He was very, I don't want to say he was big-headed, but he loved himself. You know, extremely loved who he was. There was nothing about him that he was too down on. He was never unhappy. He was always a happy kid. Not a picture that I have of him that doesn't, he's not smiling, you know. Damien's middle name was Cain, a biblical reference to the first son born to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Always thought of as a really cool name. The story in the Bible of Cain and Abel references a tribe called the Canaanites which were known for being a really tight tribe, very loyal to one another. And if somebody outside their tribe um, was to transgress against one of their own, they would go after them and defend them very aggressively. The story of Cain includes one of the earliest written references to murder. As the story goes, Cain grew jealous of his younger brother, Abel, and killed him. God said anyone who killed Cain in retribution would face his vengeance sevenfold. The loyalty factor is a big thing in my family. You know, ended up being huge to Damien as well. Isn't it uh, neat how kids oftentimes grow into their names? That's exactly right. And he absolutely grew, grew into that name with given the, the Canaanite story. Damien had a younger brother named Nathaniel. One of the most vivid memories I have of them, too, is our garage was set up with wrestling mat, and he would take Nathaniel out to the garage and play around with him on the mat, showing him where the wrestling moves, and he would hold him up to the heavy bag and let him, let him learn how to punch on the heavy bag. And How many years apart were they? Um, 18. Wow, 18. 18. <laughs> it's like two generations of... Of herd boys. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. Coach Allen remembers how excited Damien was to finally have a little brother. He couldn't wait to be a big brother. He couldn't wait to, to teach him everything. When it was time for Damien to go to college, he was looking for a place where he could grow academically and athletically. He found it in Western State University in Gunnison, Colorado. The primary reason he settled on Western State was for the petroleum geology courses that they offered. Academically, it was a perfect fit for what he was wanting to, to study and, and graduate and, and go and do for a living. Secondly was the wrestling. Um, they had a, a, a fairly strong wrestling team with some good tradition. Um, his high school coach at Fossil Ridge uh, would go to Western State and do wrestling camps and clinics every year. Before making a decision, Damien and his dad drove to Colorado and toured campus. By the time we got halfway home, 
he had made up his mind that that's where he wanted to go to school on uh, college signing day. He signed his letter of intent at the Foster Ridge High School with Western State University. And how did you feel about it? I was good with it. I didn't want to push any ideas into his head as far as where I, I wanted him to go. We would go over all the pros and cons of the different colleges that expressed interest in him. He just made the decision that, that he was going to go to Western State, and I backed him 100%. Damien got a head start on college life at the preseason summer wrestling camp. Even before Damien started classes, he was already becoming a household name on campus. I knew him from the first day he came up for camp. That's Jessica De Aquila. Damien's friend, neighbor, and classmate at Western State. I actually met his high school coaches up at, up at uh, Three Rivers. I was working uh, at the restaurant there. They came up, and they were sitting at the bar drinking a couple beers, and they were like, you have to meet um, Damien. And they were trying to, like, give, trying to get me to get his number, and then I was like, I met him that night, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, I met your coaches. And he's like, awesome, awesome. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be living here for the summer. Damien moved in at 620 North Taylor Street, across the alley from Jessica. This is one of his roommates, wrestling captain Kyle Pyatt. Coach asked me if, uh, if we had room for somebody, and we had an extra room, so Damien lived with us. By all accounts, it was a fun summer for Damien. He got along with his wrestling teammates, including Zach Shank. So what's he like? Tell me about him. He's just a crazy, off-the-wall, happy guy. Just... Always brings a smile on your face. Honestly, the only way to describe him. This is Elliot Copeland, another member of the wrestling team and roommate at the North Taylor House. Real energetic, little guy. Um, real fun to hang out with. Generous with everything he had. Classmate Lindsay Clark said Damien made an instant impression on her. When I met him, I was like, "That's the happiest person I have ever met in my life." Everything he talked about, he, he was so positive about everything. Damien settled into college life. At the start of the fall semester, he moved into the dorms on campus. Frank Dunbar was Damien's wrestling teammate and his suite mate at Robodeau Hall. Just a uh, young man trying to check out the college wrestling scene. Um, really passionate, really outgoing. Um, kind of had this... Unshakable confidence. This unshakable confidence. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, he just knew what he wanted out of life, if not how to get it. But he, um, had, he was really adept at that long, long vision um, for his future. And he, you know, was unabashedly in pursuit of his, uh, his goals. And what were some of those goals? that you knew of? Well, he uh, wanted to take his wrestling career as far as he could, and he wanted to set himself up with a solid education to open up his options for, uh, you know, post-college. Frankie says the two freshmen hit it off right away. Liked him immediately, just instant bond over wrestling, and like, you know, checking out the college scene together, and being a part of that uh, next phase in life, um, we'd wake each other up in the mornings to go to workouts, and you know he kept me consistent, and he made uh, a lot of hard things in life feel easy and accessible and whatnot. So he was a great guy to have around. 
When Damien wasn't wrestling, he was teaching himself how to longboard around campus. He really enjoyed the, the freedom of just being out there and as he would put it, the wind in his face as he's going down the hills. And it seems like it would be a pretty exhilarating way to get around. It wasn't a hobby I thought in my mind that he would ever pick up. You know, he liked adrenaline, I think longboarding gave him something new um, to learn and to try to excel at and push himself to be good at. It, it fit him pretty well. By the spring of 2014, Damien had found a good rhythm at Western State. This is one of his best friends and fellow wrestler, Devin Zavala. His attitude definitely changed from first semester to second semester, though. This first semester, he kind of fell off because he hurt himself and wrestling was bonding him out. And then, like, he got better. He was on varsity. He was going to all his classes. He was learning. Jessica De Aquila remembers how Damien would react when his friends showed up at his wrestling matches. He would be the one when you'd walk in to the wrestling and everyone's super serious. He'd be waving at us. And, you know, we'd be up in the crowd and he'd wave at us. I thought it was always super sweet. Was, you know, nobody else would, except for him. Damien persevered through the struggles of freshman classes and even overcame a knee injury to make it onto the varsity wrestling roster. No small feat for a first-year athlete. First year on the team, freshman wrestler, varsity starter, um, had a pretty good year. His dad, Gary, said it was just like Damien to take something difficult, like an injury, and use it as motivation to come back stronger. My struggle is my strength, was his quote. Probably started somewhere around fifth or sixth grade. Um, he was competing at a really high level uh, on a national stage in wrestling, and uh, at one point was ranked number one in the country for his age and weight. And, you know, to get there, to be able to compete at that level, um, it was a struggle. It's a struggle to balance the schoolwork with the sport, and then you throw in, you know, a social life too. But he embraced it, and he knew that all the things that that, that pushed him so hard that made him struggle um, also strengthened him. So he knew it made him a better person. So he adopted that early on and just kind of lived his life by it. He never, never feared a struggle. He never feared the grind, as the wrestling world calls it. On Saturday, March 29, 2014, Damien was taking a break from the grind and hanging out with friends and teammates at the wrestling house on North Taylor Street. We hung out all day, everything seemed good. Nothing was wrong. Just a normal day. We were just kind of hanging out in our front yard and Damien was with us. Um, went on a couple longboard rides throughout the day. No matter what was going on in his new life up in Colorado, Damien always made time to talk to his family back in Texas. That day, Damien FaceTimed with his mom and little brother and called his dad just to shoot the breeze. We had a very unusual relationship in comparison to most fathers and sons. I think a lot of fathers would like to think that they're really close with their, with their sons. I never had to think that. I always just knew it. I, I, you know, I, I knew it in the content that we talked about, how open he was about everything with me, even the most embarrassing things that a son would probably never want to tell a father. He confided in me. So we were very, very close. There wasn't much of anything that went on in his life that I didn't know about. And he was 100% fine with telling me about everything. Damien's friends could see how close he was with his dad. 
he talks to his dad 24 7 mm-hmm. like i'd say that i consider that his best friend right there we would talk and or text just about every day on march 29th damien and his dad chatted casually on the phone there was no indication it would be the last conversation they would ever have i talked to damien on saturday about midday we talked for about 45 minutes and he uh, was going to go out and do some longboarding and then they were going to set up for a fundraiser that the college does every year it's a crab feed and it's a big fundraiser for all the athletic teams at western state and once that was done that they were going to have a little party back at the wrestler's house The Crab Feed is an annual fundraiser for Western State Athletics that includes an auction and an all-you-can-eat Dungeness Crab Dinner. It's otherwise an unremarkable event, one that has been going on since 2002 and continues to this day. But it was one of the last places Damien Hurd was seen alive before the chaos of the party. And since there were parties at the wrestler's house on both Friday and Saturday nights, the Crab Feed helps direct people's memories to the right night or at least tries to. I think it was after the crab feed on that Saturday night. So I was, everyone was pretty already in their party mode. In police interviews, Zach Shank says Damien drove a group of wrestlers in his Saturn SUV to the fundraiser. At the crab feed, Damien was seen joking around with his teammates, and he chatted with his boss, Scott Frazier, a Western State alum and owner of Palisades Restaurant where Damien worked as a waiter. In an interview with a private investigator, Scott said Damien appeared to be in a good mood and said he'd be there for a shift on Sunday. Gary remembers Damien telling him the reason why the wrestlers were having a party after the crab feed. In exchange for them setting this up and taking it down and cleaning up the mess afterwards, that they were going to have a party that night at the wrestler's house with the leftover beer from the crab feed. The next place Damien is believed to have gone was the college cafeteria to eat dinner. Damien's friend and teammate, Andrew Morris. He, like, left and went to go eat dinner and stuff like that. What time was that, you think? I don't know, it was probably about four or five, so he came back maybe like six or seven. Damien also stopped by his dorm that night. His roommate, Lance Bradford, told police that Damien left around 5 p.m. with other wrestlers and longboarded to the house party on North Taylor Street. Lance didn't come to the party, and police didn't record their interview with him. Devin Zavala says Damien and Lance got along, with just a few growing pains. Uh, They had a little altercation in the first semester. They had a disagreement, and then second semester, everything was cool. I think something must have clicked between them, like, must have got better. According to a statement Lance gave police, he said he had confronted Damien about keeping his side of the room clean in the first semester, and that Damien, quote, became highly aggressive and started a fight with him. Lance said he didn't think the behavior was all that unusual because Damien was a wrestler. He said that their fight didn't have a lasting effect on their friendship, and after they rearranged the dorm room together, they didn't have any more problems. The last time Damien spoke to his friend Bryce Basinger back in Texas, they talked about him coming up to Gunnison to visit after the wrestling season was over. He was telling me he liked it up there. The only thing he didn't like was the winter, that it was a pain in the ass to get around, but that he loved it, and he was glad that he was where he was at. It seems like he had made like a good group of friends up there overall. 
When Damien left the dorm that afternoon on his longboard, with the Colorado wind in his hair, it didn't look like he had a care in the world. But looks can be deceiving. Before the night was through, Damien's world would be turned upside down. On the final night of his life, Damien walked into the wrestling house on North Taylor Street. When, how, and why he left that house are questions the police would ask in the coming days of their investigation. Because after Damien left the party, his trail goes cold. Damien's car is gone. Mm-hmm. So if he were to get his car, you'd get up, walk to his door, and get his car. That's what really scares me. I don't know why he would leave the house. Every time he drank, he was not going to be roses for Damien in the story. Um, I don't know anybody that's lived 20 years of their life that somebody couldn't find something to say was a negative thing in their life or something they didn't do that was the right thing to do. I have to go where the story leads me, but that's what makes this such a compelling story, is he is not the kind of person that anyone expects to die at 20 and have all these unanswered questions. I don't think anyone would disagree, even the Gunnison Police Department, that what happened that weekend was a total aberration in the life of Damien Heard. I know and I feel that you know that it didn't happen the way that they said or even anywhere close. What really happened at the wrestler's party on Saturday night? Said that Damien basically jumped, was on the like track team. I've seen, like, uh, Kyle and Damien, like, getting into an argument earlier in the night, but I hadn't known what it was about. How long do you think they were in the back room, you know? No clue. I don't, I don't remember seeing them come back out. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.